All right. Let's dig in. The road ahead. Since today is our annual meeting, I thought, let's, let's remind ourselves of the journey of Hope Fellowship. I know I covered this last year. Um, I'm going to try and do it much faster because um, it turned into like a seven-part sermon. <laughs> it just happened. But um, with that, we need to be reminded who we are as a church family. We need to remember where we've come from. And if you're newish, then the history matters. It really does. But before we get into that, we're going to get into my pause and ponders. Uh, I got a, a few that I really, really liked. A little science distance you, distances you from God, but a lot of science brings you nearer to him. This is from the founder of microbiology and immunology, uh, which I think is really cool because I've heard people, uh, uh, they get into science and say, well, the Bible doesn't prove science, and then they, all these dumb arguments. And the, the more you get into scientific study, there is more mystery to it than you know. So I, don't, I thought it was really, really good. Um, this next one's really powerful for a busy culture. And every day the world would drag you by the hand yelling, this is important, and this is important, and this is important. You need to worry about this, and this, and this. And each day, it's up to you, you, you. Yank your hand back. Put your heart, whoa. Bless you. It's up to you to yank your hand back, put it on your heart, and say, no, this is what's important. I was thinking about it this week. Um, we have folks that will do a, uh, a rally. They'll say, hey, you support this, especially when things get into politics and elections come. People get vocal about their opinions and stuff. Or causes. And lately we've seen a lot of causes and a lot of rallies and such. And people are saying, this is important. And somebody else will come along and say, this is important. And then you have people at council meetings, this is important. No, this is important. And it's like, it's all important. I it's, your brain gets too full, you can't handle it all. And that's why this hit me. Because if we are living from the life of Christ in us, then why aren't we listening to the life of Christ in us to tell us what's important at that moment? And not have somebody else shove, this is important, you need to be, why? you're not a real Christian if you aren't standing up for this. It's like, wow, who made you God? Like, honestly, this is important for our hearts and our minds when they get too full. I hope you'll take that to heart somehow. I love this from Brian Zahn. The sons of thunder, James and John, wanted to call fire down from heaven on a Samaritan village who refused to welcome Jesus. In their petition, they were able to cite scripture because Elijah had done this. But Jesus rebuked them saying, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. The question isn't, can we find it in the Bible but can we find it in Jesus? If we weaponize the Bible to hurt other people, we do not have the spirit of the Lord. And you'd think the disciples would know by now, having been with Jesus long enough, he doesn't do destruction. But it was in their scriptures. 
Just because something, doesn't, something is biblical in the Bible doesn't mean it's the way and who God is. It's, it's a good one. I love this one. After close study, I've concluded that Jesus believed there are two kinds of people. Your neighbors, whom you are supposed to love, and your enemies, uh, whom you're supposed to love. <laughs> Short and concise. But let's reflect. This reflection is contemplative. You are at home while still on the way by Henry Nouwen. When God has become our shepherd, our refuge, our fortress, then we can reach out to him in the midst of a broken world and feel at home while still on the way. When God dwells in us, we can enter into a wordless dialogue with him while still waiting on the day that he will lead us into the house where he has prepared a place for us. Then we can wait while we have already arrived and ask while we already have already received. Then indeed we can comfort each other with the words of Paul. There is no need to worry. But if there's anything you need, pray for it, asking God for it with prayer and thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which is so much greater than we can understand, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ alone. Christ in you, the peace of Christ. Is your week too busy? Your crises that you're facing stressing you out. We each have stresses. All of us have stresses. We all have blind sides. Chaos that comes at us that we did not invite. But it is there. And I don't think Jesus so much delivers us from the chaos, but rather invites us into it with himself, never absent. And maybe the peace that dwells in you will be the peace needed for that chaos. The road ahead. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. We are the body of Christ. We call it the church, the gathering, the ecclesia. It's not the building. We know that by now because we've been in so many buildings over the years. Especially Rod. <laughs> but it's the togetherness. And it's not even on everything that we agree that makes us one. It's Jesus who makes us one. And we get together to encourage. And if you grew up like I did, you would have thought that you'd go there to get fed. So when people leave, I don't like the food anymore. So they go to another place with different food. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. We, the church is all of us around the world, online, whether you're in person or whatever. The church is having coffee at a coffee shop. The church is pumping gas with somebody else and, hey, good to see you. The church is this as well, but it's not just coming out on Sunday mornings. Definitely not. I remember when COVID kind of opened up uh, a little bit and we were allowed to gather again in person. Um, some people were hesitant and some, eh, I don't want to put the effort in. But 
the comments are heard from those who came, there was a surprise. Didn't realize how good it was to be with people. I didn't realize how important it was just to have proximity. I thought that was really important. I hope we never forget that. Who are we as a church? This vision that came up a while ago, I think we need to be reminded of it because maybe it'll remind us of a purpose and maybe help us focus again. Our vision is healed and whole people who are free to be themselves in Christ. It's not about a program. It's about our healing, which, by the way, comes from learning and growing in Christ and, and finding out how the love of God affects everything we believe about God. And then our beliefs change about it, and we see a better, more beautiful, hope-filled perspective on who God is. But we want to see everybody individually be free in Christ. Our mission is to help people understand, believe, and experience the love of God. This is important to understand, to believe, and experience. And this is the best part, the love of God, which means what is the love of God? So we've talked about that a lot. But for Hope Fellowship, this is who we are. Even when we forget, I'm so thankful to Brent, um, when we did our membership class and I had put the material together and I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll do the deep dive edit later. This is good enough. It was good enough last time. Well, I didn't realize how much we had continued to change and grow. And he said, this manual is not the Hope Fellowship I see here. I went, ooh, ouch. And yay! At the same time. And that was a good wake-up call. We are fluid. We are growing, changing. We're more relaxed than you want to admit. And we're less organized in our, hey, who does what, than you think. All the stuff that gets done is done by less people than you think. I guarantee that. (laughs) Our values, this is pretty cool. We accept people freely and openly. Even if we don't, this is a value, and we're learning to become this. All right? Even if we don't, that is the heartbeat of Jesus. That's what I want to become. <clears throat> oh, no. Uh, we're authentic in who we are and how we relate to each other. We don't do fake very well. And some might, but so you learn to become more authentic. This is the place to grow and learn. Oh, darn. Okay, was, you know what? Okay, um, we're, there's a, a big freedom from religiosity, and sometimes my tone and some of the things I'll say or compare with are an overswing because I've got so much religiosity in my background that still plagues me, and I'm still connected to a lot of people that have the same baggage, so I may sound like I'm kind of attacking it. I don't mean that at all. I'm just referring to it because it's still happening. I'm trying to unlearn the system of religion that seems to bind, seems to control people. That's why our membership stuff is so different because our membership here is not about control. It's not about to get you, ha, got you now that you're in. You signed, so now you got to do this, 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 this. That's not what it is. Our membership is about, hey, while you're here, let's tell each other we're committed 
to each other. That's really what it is. And there's a legal part. We have to have a legal, um, uh, to, in order to have charity status and charitable receipts for income tax, we have to have the membership and voting. That's why we have our annual meeting. So those, th- those are the reasons. It's, there's no big fancy hook you in, now we get you to sign up and serve. No. Honestly, my heart is that you will listen to the voice of Christ in you and do what Christ guides you to do. You don't need permission. Go love. Be kind to people. We don't need a program for this or that. Go join the Lions Club. Help them serve food someplace. We don't have to have an event that says Hope Fellowship did this. We don't need that. Otherwise, you build up the system. And I'm not into that. Not anymore. Great respect for the Bible. Which means our perspective on what the Bible is has matured and I think become more healthy. We'll cover that another time. I'm not getting into it. Um, We're aware that the grace of God is the single greatest uniqueness of Christianity. And that is grace to you, grace in all. Jesus is grace personified. The love of God is the fuel and motivation for all of our human relationships. We had other wording, and I changed it last night because the other one wasn't sitting well. But the love of God is the fuel and motivation for all of our human relationships. And the more you know the love of God, the more your human relationships will develop and be more mature. And the more you'll treat others as if they are Christ. Allow people to discover the love of God which transforms hearts and motivates action instead of telling them. Allow people to discover. We don't have classes on, here's what you must believe. We don't have doctrine classes. In this room right now, we have many perspectives on many theological topics, and we don't all fully agree. And that's okay. I get to share stuff because I'm the one hired to talk, so <laughs> that part's fun. But anyway, um, I know I've, I've had enough conversations with folks I know we have a singular heartbeat to want to know Jesus better. I want a better concept of who God is. That's something that does unify us, and I think it's really, really cool. But we can't make somebody get it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. How Hope Fellowship began, Rod shared a while back. They were a small house church. Uh, gathered, and they didn't even have a name. The name of Hope Fellowship was almost Norm's place after that was the second place nomination. <sighs> I'm glad they came up with Hope Fellowship because this name is still growing on me. I'm, I think it was almost, I don't like to use the word prophetic, but it's almost like God had something to do with that name in the planning of this. Call it prophetic. I don't care. I don't like those kinds of labels. But God seemed to have his hand in it because now everything seems to be about offering hope. You know, instead of First Baptist, why don't they write down Second Baptist down the street? Or Third, I don't, I don't see that. You know, or the Full Gospel Church. Well, we're the Half Gospel Church then. What? I don't know, just some of the church names. This is a rabbit trail, sorry. But there's so many comical names out there. And some really weird names. Like, honestly, like really religious sounding names that... Ooh. I'm not a Christian. Nope, I don't know you. 
<laughs> Sometimes you don't want to be associated with people. But hope fellowship it has a warmth to it. It has a, a ring to it of welcome. We don't have all the answers. Come and, and explore with us. That's the tone hope fellowship seems to give. Then they hired a pastor after two years. They saved up money so they could properly pay one. Then he ended up having to retire. His, his daughter passed away. And then he ended up getting cancer, so he quit. He's, he's alive, great guy. Um, and then they were without a pastor for a while. And then they, oh, don't tell me the whole thing's going to be that. The small group wanted to grow in grace. They did have a, um, a heartbeat to want to know grace, but didn't have fr- a framework for what's grace. Because you have Grace Presbyterian Church, Grace Baptist Church. Goes, so what's grace? If everybody put grace on their, on their church name, does that make them a grace church? <laughs> it's just a name. So who is grace? And no, not the funeral director next door. Grace, that's her name. <laughs> that was good. Um, grace, as we're discovering, is Jesus. And that he offered better news than we've been told. It's going to drive me nuts. They hired some young Grace guy who didn't have it all together. That was me. And I still don't. I was just the beginning of discovering what Grace is and compared it to my religiosity that I grew up with. I still love Jesus. There was an authentic love for Jesus all the time. But I didn't know how I had been fed prepackaged food. <laughs> That's one way to put it. And it had spoiled. And uh, yet, there were some good ingredients, which still gave me a foundation. And I'm now thankful for it. Mind you, at the beginning of my grace journey, I was very angry at it. And I spoke negatively against, well, that church did this, and they taught this, but I teach this now. I did not know how dualistic that sounded. I did not know how it, especially not until I started to hear and listen back, or even folks telling me, stop doing that doesn't sound very gracious. And I've been learning because of this family. Oh, good grief. And we've been growing ever since. Not just numerically, but we are growing spiritually. I remember when I got, my first Sunday here, I think I had 21 or 22 people. And that was my family of five. And that was guests, a family of four. And Dave and Jen and their family. So it was a very small group. And it was like the Holy Spirit kind of put this love into my heart. And it was mutual. And we've been growing and learning. And this church has given me permission to try sharing things, practicing teaching certain things. Remember the scariest one was... 2013, teaching end times, man, oh man, that was scary. Because it's so different than anything I've ever taught before. You have no idea how scary it can be up here. You may think I'm all comfortable and stuff, but you don't know I get nervous a lot. I really do. We want to become more healthy in our relationships as a family. And one thing I don't do is I don't chase people. I used to in my first, in my other church, 
Somebody came, I became their friend. When they left, I chased them. Oh, where'd you go, where'd you go? And man, my energy was, whoa, so tired. But now we're learning as a church, open hand. We're thrilled when you come. And if you leave and you got a problem and you got a grudge or whatever, and you don't talk to us about it, I can't chase. I don't know. I'm sad to see certain people go. And there's natural things that make people leave. They move. Relationships break up. We've had that happen many times. And they split up and they go on and, and people get new jobs elsewhere. Like, that's life. And that's okay. There's freedom here. I want to always be growing in grace. I want to be increasing in an overflow and expression of grace that we believe in. We may learn some things, but it takes time to practice some of these things. <clears throat> it must be love in action. We gotta, it has to be practical. We need to connect, encourage, and be encouraged by the worldwide family. Hope Fellowship is not the only church. You know that, right? <laughs> but... I grew up with a mindset that the church I was in was the correct church and everybody else was not. And that created more divisions. I grew up in a Baptist church and clearly the Catholics were going to hell. That's, that was a non-negotiable. So we walked past the Catholic school and in the wintertime we'd throw snowballs at the Catholics, they threw them at us and we didn't realize we were the same but we had religious judgmentalism put into us, and they thought the same thing of us. You know, we're heathens, we're not Catholics, so we're not going to heaven. It's just crazy how that all begins at a young age. And we need to unlearn that. And even if you don't have to unlearn it, discover the profound love of God, and that'll push out all the stuff we're, we're not supposed to believe anyway. It's okay. What inspires us? This was an inspiring verse that started Hope Fellowship. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Couple thoughts on this verse. Some will see it as a prophetic thing. We get to name it and claim it. I don't see that anymore. It's written, it was written by Jeremiah. Okay, so it's not written to you or me. It's written to the Hebrews. Can we benefit from the value of what it says? Absolutely yes. Some people will say, well, that's old covenant. We don't believe that anymore. Well, we do because we now take Jesus through the old covenant with us to understand it better. Jesus is not absent from this. And there's still a hope to prosper us and not harm us. And that does not necessarily mean financially. Prosper us in relationships. Prosper us in joy. Prosper us in healing. Who knows? There isn't a quick label, which we tend to do. We want absolute. We want a prescription right away. How's this going to apply? And gives us a hope and a future. That part I love. I think the Holy Spirit's, one of the fruits of the Spirit in us is to give us hope. When we're not experiencing hope, we're usually having a despairing thought or moment or worried. I'm into hope. Let's do hope. But I thought there was a New Testament counterpart of this verse that I thought, wow, these work together really well. 
This is from Colossians 1.27. This was my wake-up call verse uh, 25 years ago now. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that Jeremiah verse could, if you want to stretch it, could be pointed to this, and now it's fulfilled. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You all have hope. It's in you. So when you say, I don't feel very hopeful, that's because your feelings are dealing with what you're thinking about, not the objective truth of what's in you and who's in you already. Keep that in mind. Remember going to a scary movie? Suddenly, ah, ooh, grab the person beside you, or everybody you know, reacts. Are you actually in any danger when that truck runs into the screen? Ah, no, you're not, but your feelings think so because of what you're seeing and believing. Hmm. Our logo, it's a beautiful logo. I love it. What does it mean? Oh, let me go back for a sec. Um, there's three parts to it. There's the seed, there's a sapling, and the tree. And this too is surprising me in how important, and I don't like to use the word prophetic, but I think it was planned how this came to being because somebody asked, what's Hope Fellowship all about? You just point to the logo and it explains all of it. Here's how. I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. And I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. So we got our seed, child, sapling, young, and tree, um, those who are mature. Those are three levels. It's the only three levels I see in Scripture. If you want a model, that's probably the only one that I can see if you need one. But then it goes on. I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. And I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong and God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. As a child, there's two things they need to know. It says, uh, I've written to you because you're God's children because you know the Father. So you need to know who, where you're from. And then if you go back, here, forgiveness plays a major, major role. I think there are many, many millions of Christians who think they're mature, and yet they're stuck here as children because they do not know they are forgiven past tense. They think forgiveness is connected to heaven and hell. It's got nothing to do with heaven and hell at all. Jesus forgave before the cross. Oh, and they didn't even ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> but children need to know who their father is, which means we've been learning who is God our father, and that's getting more and more beautiful. And to know you're forgiven your sins have been forgiven. All right? This is, this is really important. For those who are young, they're wrestling. So even as teenagers and young adults, you know, they... You know, do you ever have arguments with your adult teens or kids and they're right and you're not? It's not until they have kids that they find out you might have been maybe right. 
funny how that works. But then the mature, because they know Christ. I love this, I love this one here. Uh, I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. Your lineage back to the origin. The beginning of John, it's beautiful, beautiful. I don't, I don't memorize, but it, I know I've taught on it before. But the whole recognition of God was from the beginning. Christ has been from the beginning. These are big things to remember. I loved it. So those are our foundational ones. So you got the seed, the sapling, and the tree. And really, we're just trying to grow into Christ to become more mature. That's it. Some, may, some people may say, well, I'm deconstructing. That's great. It's called you're maturing. You can use that word if you want to, but um, it, it's not necessary. You're just thinking now for yourself. You're asking questions now. And that's what my hope is for Hope Fellowship, that we become a church that is safe to come to, safe to ask questions. I'm not into arguing, so we're not here to argue because that doesn't do anyone any good. But it's a place when you have discussions. I see more discussions after church that dig into stuff than you'd think. I get emails. I have to send video links out because I don't have all the answers. I just know where to get a lot of them. And I know good teachers that have better ways to explain things than I do. But this is the connection we have right now. For the time and space we're in now, at this time, we're connected. And it's really neat. So this road ahead, what do we want to become? Who do we want to become? I have hope for Hope Fellowship, and it feels like, well, Jen and I were laughing or crying the last couple of years, you know, oh, this next year's going to be great, and suddenly, boom, oh, what an awful year, this is terrible, this, like, things just crash and burn, and then the next year, okay, that was a bad year, this next year's got to be better. Oh my goodness, what happened, that sucked. Then we keep, like, honestly, it just keeps happening. And then we, we move here. We're all excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great year, COVID. That stinks. And just, just the wind gets taken out of your sails. Does anybody else have that happen to them? Yeah. End of November, I had an authentic hope, and it had nothing to do with 2024. I had an authentic hope that we can connect better and fellowship better than we have. Obviously, we weren't allowed to for three years, but that concert night, the craft sale night, the music, there's something therapeutic about that that I hope to do over and over again just to connect us outside of just Sunday morning. Sunday morning is great. And to have tables like this, this is really cool, by the way, Sit around tables, you know, it's almost like pasta, ketchup, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I think and I have a hope that we're going to see more opportunities for us to do that. But I will say this, it is not our job as leaders at Hope Fellowship to do that for you. It is not my job to make sure you get opportunities to gather because opportunities have been happening for years. Each individual has the responsibility. Not everybody's into gathering. They don't like to be around people all the time. 
Some people like to be alone more, and that's okay. Respect that too. But if you feel a lack of connection, then honestly, it is you who must put more effort into it or find another way. It is not up to somebody else. Yeah, well, you should have more of this, more of that. Well, then you do it. We've learned that the hard way, right, Rod? Somebody says, I want this program. So fine, we start the program, and then, you know, three weeks will last, and nobody comes out anymore. Well, who just put all the work in? Like, we're exhausted from starting and stopping over and over and over again and lack of commitment. So the last couple of years has been fun. Jen has created a ton of events, movie nights, pizza movie nights, things like that, games nights, and they've become a natural place just to connect. Come if you want. Nobody's making you. But I love that we have the opportunities. And I'm hearing people getting together for coffees. Good. If nobody's calling you, then you call somebody. Take the risk. But I'm nervous. You would not believe how nervous I am to ask some of you who I know. It's weird. I know. So you're not alone. If you want connection, create those connections. Ask the Holy Spirit to do that. But we're going to be relaxed and see what God brings. If God brings certain people into this mix that adds a different flavor, then we just got more spicy. It's like, I think of my chili, of course. You know, you can, but the ingredients you put in. <laughs> Each of you are an ingredient in this church. Each of you bring value. And I know on Sunday mornings, even though you may think you just sit and then leave, um, to me, I see you. I value your presence when you walk in. I smile. I am authentically thankful all the time. I don't say it enough. So, the future of Hope Fellowship, who knows? <laughs> really, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, you know, you know we don't know. <laughs> right, Elizabeth? Yeah. But we can hope that we'll continue to connect. I want to grow like that tree. Like that one back there. Seed, sapling. Sometimes I find myself in the child level. Sometimes in the teen level. Sometimes I'm put into the mature level. <laughs> Sorry. But there's a... <laughs> I like learning from all of us and we need each other. So thank you. Thank you for being part of Hope Fellowship. And I pray that our meeting will go really well as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for reminding us of what this group of folks values and has a hope for. And it's still shaping. It's still becoming. We have not arrived. I pray for our meeting afterwards that it will go well and smoothly. And I pray for the food. Bless it to our bellies. Amen.